0: Welcome to this message from Shuffle Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His word being preached. Hi guys, for those of you who don't know me, I my name is Mariette and I love people so my heart is quite full to see a lot of you and the people I don't know yet if we can get to love each other because um, <laughs> I love people. Thanks for their wave. But it's not Mexican, Louis. Do that. <laughs> I just got a rap like that, but I like Mexican food. Um, and um my heart is really full and excited for what God has been doing tonight and for what he, what he wants to do. Um so I love people a lot, and I love speaking to people about God a lot. So when I get to speak to one person about God, and they've got questions, it's really awesome for me. So when I get to speak to a lot of people at the same time about God, it's like for other people, for them, it's like, whoa, ultimate, go to Mauritius. I'm just like, this is like that for me. This makes me really happy, um, because I just love it when God comes to connect dots through us um, and in us. So um, Let's just quickly pray. Lord Jesus, we just love you, God. We just love you. You're so big. And you're so good. And just have your way tonight. You're the healer. You're the awesome one. Alpha Omega, King of Kings. Thank you for freedom and liberty in this place. To seek your face and just receive it tonight. We're so excited to receive new babies, birth in the Spirit tonight, God, for new things you want to do in our hearts and in our lives, God. We're so excited and expectant. And we just love you, and we just thank you for, for freedom and for our first prize. It's your presence, and it's here. And we just want to say thank you for being our first prize and for being present, presence of Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So while we're on the topic of... Um, God being amazing and faithful with regards to pregnancies. I quickly want to share another two testimonies on that while we're on that topic. So a family member friend of mine, she's family and a friend, family friend. Um, So um, they had a little girl and about two years later they wanted to start um, trying for their second child and just month after month nothing happened. And one year went to two year and it's month after month and the doctor said, well, it's, it's there's... It's it's uh, it's very unlikely um that they will fall pregnant again. Um and so I drink a lot of water. So I make sure my thingy is filled and then I don't bring it with me. But fortunately there's a double portion. Thank you, Kat, for this. And um Prophetic of God's double portion tonight. Literally, this morning was so awesome. Anybody that was in the morning service, so tonight I was just like, God, Your presence was so awesome. Would You just double it up for us tonight? We're just hungry and expectant for You tonight. So yes, it's prophetic. The living water's there now. We want it in the spirit. Yes, Holy Spirit. So um, so they prayed and they went for help with doctors, and they still couldn't fall pregnant. Uh, so it was month after month, and it was lots of tears and um. I think it was all it was yeah, one year it was two years, became three years, no pregnancy, lots of tears, lots of doctors. Um, nothing lots of prayers and then through this time um like you just heard the testimony like God uses his body uses us to encourage one another to say don't stop don't stop trusting don't stop hoping so she so they're South African she gets an uh, a message from a friend in Australia and she's like sure I don't know what this means because it's a friend of a friend that they made in Australia when they studied there years before So the friend of a friend has a dream and sends the message on. So she's not fully aware of what's going on. She's like, I don't know what's going on, but God showed me in the dream you're in a race. Don't get tired. Don't give up because I see you're tired. But I see at the end, the finish line, there's two little boys waiting for you. The twins are now about nine or ten years old. (laughs) Um, And... um, they were scheduled to, to go. The doctor said, listen, I'm, I'm just going to go on holiday. As soon as I'm back, we go for the next treatment. But when the doctor came back, they were like, surprise, we're pregnant with two. So i <laughs> oh, mean, another double portion situation. Twins, two waters. Do it, God. Our heart's expectant. Is your heart expectant? Because God um, really works with us because it's a relationship. So my heart is expectant for tonight. Uh, another testimony I sh- want to share. A lot of you know it. Um, so we had awesome people in this church and they're still in this body of Christ because there's one body. There will only ever be one body in this world, the bride of Christ. Just lots of, like, geese and arms and legs and snows and talk and listen. And so they're still in this body of Jesus, just in Armonis. And, um, so, um, again, the water theme. Amen, Lord. <laughs> Make it rain tonight in the spirit because there's lots of water. There's an ocean there. And, um, and also during the drought, they were on water, so they had, like, very light restrictions. And then she and her husband um, got Sunel and Kuni. And so many of you have heard the testimony. So, they got married also uh, relatively young, um, like, early 20s. And they're like, we're going to wait these many years. And then we start the family and the plan and everything. And after a year or two, because they love people. The love kids, they were like, Last the plan. Let's have kids. Woo. And so now they're like, woo, we're going to get pregnant. And also month turns into month, into year, into year, into year. So it's many years. So pause that. Yes, Mariette, 2016, God, Mariette, move to Joburg and um, don't ask for people to stay with. I'm going to send people to ask you to come and stay with me. And I'm like, no, God, I'm vulnerable enough moving to a strange town without an income, looking for work in an industry where they don't usually want a pudding face, but like, I think I'm now bold enough. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, um, I want to show you how I feel about you. So I'm like, oh, okay, Lord. So you're calling me to walk in faith, but it's actually just so that my relationship with you can benefit. Like Kat's relationship changed because of saying yes to faith in God because it's a relational thing. God wants to know us. He wants us to know him. So, so I'm living in Joburg with lots of you and um, some of you uh, every few weeks. And then um, so, soon, so the Holy Spirit says to me, so you're going to stay with Kuni and Sanal at a stage. And then I go, okay. Um, but then time goes by, and then at a stage, I get a message from Sunil saying, I'm so sorry, it's been a while on my heart, we really want you to come stay with us when your next gap you have. Um, but uh, we've been wanting to say for a while, we've just, it was hectic with studies and work, what, what, and I'm like, no, no, it's cool, the Holy Spirit said also sir." Okay, when are you are going to come? I'm like, I live there till then. Okay, March it is. So March of 2017, I'm scheduled. That month, I stay in the Usrant. I get to know the, that beautiful Garden of Eden, where somebody got Healed of cervical cancer in our small group the first time she visited. <laughs> oh, I love that small group so much. Love. And um, multiplied. So my love has multiplied. And um, so. So I stay with Handan Arthur, who's awesome. The February of that year, and at the end of the month, they go, "But don't you want to stay on?" And I go, oh, "I'd love to." And then um, because they awesome, and then I go, "Oh, but the Holy Spirit said in March I must stay with Kuni and Sunal," and they're like, "Okay, but after that you can come back." And I'm like, "Yeah." And then I pray and I say to Him, Lord, on a practical note, why well, am I going to pack all my stuff? My It's old God. Why am I going to pack all my stuff? Move to the Uzrant? And then after a month, come back here. Why must I go there? And he said, I want you to be a prophetic seed. I said, oh, so I have to be there in the natural. Because I said, can't I pray for whatever they need from here? Because prayer is universal. And then God said, no, I need you to move there because um, you're a prophetic seed. That you're a prophetic symbol of something that's going to shift, you know. Um, So... That's why we do prophetic acts. That's why we worship, and the Holy Spirit will show you sometimes kneel. Then kneel, because you want something to shift in your heart and in the Spirit. Just just partner with Him and practice like when something comes into your heart with regards to worship, when you're on your own in your room or here, just to allow the Holy Spirit, because the more you do it, the more you start realizing the Holy Spirit the whole time wants to partner with us, with everything, and then especially in worship. So now um, I say, okay, yes, Lord, I'll go. And I say, okay, so I'm on my way in a week or so, but um, can we start, can we like go with momentum? Can I start praying now for whatever they need? And I'm like, I wonder what they need. Um, oh, wait, I know they've been wanting to have kids for a while. Um, okay, so I start praying for them to fall pregnant. And then I'm like, oh, snap, Holy Spirit, I must go stay there in March so that they can fall pregnant in March. Okay, I'll put my faith out for that. Not knowing the exact journey details, just knowing they're not pregnant yet and they want to. So I'm like, okay, God. So I say it to one of two people, and I'm like, pray with me because we. Tr- I'm tr- I feel God says I must stay there in March um, f- for them to. Uh, it's part of like him like, yeah, as a prophetic seed for them to feel pregnant. So I stay there, and I obviously don't say that to them. I just like prophetically when people we've got the same surname. So people would walk in and I would prophetically declare, Hi guys, yes, it's Mariette Lopesher, child number one. I'm child number one, but there's no on the way. So like prophetically I would just speak life and just declare what I was standing in faith for. But not in a spooky way. I want to declare today to you I'm I would just be myself. You guys, God wants to use you just the way he made you. So it's really awesome. That if you're an introvert, God needs your ears to listen to people whose hearts are maybe very sore and there's no one to listen. If you're an extrovert, God wants to use your mouth to speak to somebody who's very lonely and there's no one wanting to encourage them. So um, that's on the side. That's for free that God wants to use you just the way he made you. So I would, in my normal way, go, Child number one, and um, in my heart, just going, Lord, I'm just declaring that I'm the first of the other children coming. And then, uh, and the journey continues. The month goes on, and they start sharing their journey, and I hear details, and then um, we, I cry about myself. They cry. We bond. Woo! We just minister. It's amazing. I love the body of Christ. I love Christ. And um so what happens is they say to me, if you want, you can stay also in April. And I go, yeah, but okay, I'll ask the Lord. I said, Lord, is it okay if I go to Anandam in May? Can I stay here in April? And the Holy Spirit says, yes. So I feel yes, in my heart. So I go, I feel the Lord says yes. Let's stay. Woo, April. So I'm telling you this for a reason. Um, so what happens one morning in April? Um, I do flowers for an event, and I ask afterwards for the Holy Spirit, because then I have the flowers. Where does he want me to take them? He says, give them to Sunel. So I take them home, and the next morning, um, I'm up, and I'm putting the flowers in, and I'm writing a little card, um, and the Holy Spirit, I feel like, led to leave one little piece open, and the cards <laughs> I write, and then there's a gap open, and I go, okay, and then I write the rest, and I'm busy. They come in the house, they're like, hi, Maria, I'm like, this is for you. I just feel like it's from the Lord. It's I'm just a giving it, um, it's for you, and she like cries, but she cries easily, because she loves everybody and everything on earth, so she receives something, she cries, so I'm like, um, uh, pleasure, nothing weird, go to my room, um, and then there's someone behind me, and she stands there, and the tears are rolling, and I'm like, you, the flowers are blessing her, um, because I, there was two bunches, and um, and then she lifts up a little stick, and I fall On my knees. And I've never felt something like that in my life. And I started crying out to God. Saying, thank you God. Thank you God. Because by that time I'd realized it was not medically possible for them to fall pregnant. They couldn't go for in vitro. That wouldn't help. Medically they could not have kids. They they couldn't go for treatment to have kids. That's how. So what their response was to that was, oh, so now it's just official that only God can make us pregnant. Because their hope and their trust is alone in the Word, so whatever Jesus says, that's what they choose. We all get that opportunity, so that's this journey they're walking in. So we're standing in the corridor, like having a open, closed air outreach worship service. Everybody's in tears, and um, they say it's the second taste, like it's 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 so. And um, I, uh, you know, I, I run and grab the little card, and I go. Blah, blah, blah. And then, congratulations. With the open gap, I'm like, Holy Spirit, you think of everything. And then, um, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, there's, anyway, so we stand in the corridor. And what I want to tell you is this. With tears in her eyes, she says, March 2010. We thought we we're going to start trying to fall pregnant with kids. March 2017, on the dot, seven years, God did a miracle. And at this stage is my gap to say... So since Feb, I felt like God said I must just as a prophetic seed come stay with you so you can fall pregnant like in March. And that's why I could stay then able to be part just to have the blessing of the gift of that morning. So I'm one dot of a hundred. I mean, she had a sister fasting every week on the, like for a day, just fasting and praying for her. She had friends from previous congregations in Paul continuously fasting and praying for her, for this child. So her, um, her, uh, Kuni's grandmother, who's never heard of word of knowledge, Earlier that, that year sent a word of knowledge. The Lord says you're going to have kids. Um, so you and me, we each one of us, God wants to through us, in us, bring the kingdom of heaven down into people's lives, into their bellies, into who they are. So that's who the Holy Spirit is. And that's the Holy Spirit that's here tonight. That wants to do something in your life and in someone else's life. Because we were like at a conference and they were said, who wants to stand, to, um, to stand in faith for pregnancy and you can stand for other people. So I jump up and Nadia, the Holy Spirit says to her, also stand for them. So across a room with 3,000 people, there's like two people that don't know about each other. Just standing in the gap, just adding, adding to those layers of incense going into the bowls, which scripture says will tip over. And um, the, the answer prayed. So we part of like many dots. What a privilege it is. So So from there, I want to ask you a question. Can I live a life that is so against sin, so against brokenness, so against the kingdom of darkness? Can I live a life so against Satan? And by accident, never preach the gospel, never pray for the sick, never encourage somebody that needs encouragement. The answer is yes. So there's been parts of my life where God has said, it's, it's wonderful that you are against what I am against, but Jesus didn't die for you to be against Satan. He died for you to be with and for Jesus. Let's look at Matthew 12, verse 30. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does, whoever does not gather with me scatters. So Jesus isn't asking for us to be against Satan. He's asking, will you be with me? Will you partner with me? Um, I'm sorry, Janine, I'm going to skip a few. Can we go to Matthew 28, verse um, 18 to 20? You go, go that would hoi my daughter off, God. Not good with that. Um, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them like we did today. Go, guys. Just baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. So God is asking, will you be for him and will you be with him? So, he's telling you, I've taken all authority. Like, Adam and Eve had freedom, had authority, and they were like, we submit under the authority and the freedom and the love of God. Satan comes. Submit under me. Here, I'm telling you, eat that. Now obey me and submit under me and give that authority over me, to me. Yes, Adam and Eve said, that's a good idea. Or... Yes, maybe they thought it's a good idea in deception. Um, And then they did it, and then they gave authority over. And then Jesus said, but I'm coming down, and I'm paying the price so that all authority is been given to me. That's why now I tell you, and all of that authority, go. I heal the sick, preach the gospel, teach them how to follow me, teach them how to know me. And then he says, go, but I'm with you always. So he's saying, will you come with me? Can I go with you? because he's a gentleman, he will not force you, he invites us. So you guys, how, here's a key, how do I keep myself from, from by accident, instead of being against brokenness, which sometimes happens by accident. Been there, done that. Had the conversations. Now this is off in Harry Potter. Ooh, like a witchcraft, and are, it's the truth. It is witchcraft. It's off. there's a lots of stuff that's broken. That's often, so. But um, for the kingdom of heaven to come, people need to meet Jesus. So I'm worrying about what's up and on. It's very cool when you're new and you're new to Christianity and you're new and like you start to learn all these amazing things about the spiritual realm and how everything is connected. But the question is whether it's you're new a Christian or a hundred years old. Is your heart burning to know Jesus and to introduce Jesus to others or not? Because that's just our two options. So now. Here's a key for you, how to to not by accident start living against what is wrong and running from what is wrong, but living for, introducing Jesus, living to see people get pregnant, married, born again, healed, and most of all, loved. Most of all, loved. So, my friend, the other day at a wedding, he's like, hey, Marit, I've got a question. How does this fear of the Lord work thing that thing. How does fear of the Lord work? Works. Um so I'm like, now this is my type of pre drinks at a wedding if I can talk about the God. So um, I said to him, good question, because in the meaning, beginning I was like, Lord, you want to set me free from fear and then when it comes to you, you you, you like, you must be scared of me. That's not the truth. I was just like, what does that mean? So I realized that When we say fear of the Lord, what that means is being so in awe of who He is that you have such respect, such reverence, such a desire to be in right standing with this Alpha and Omega, with this mighty, big, and good God. You have such a desire. To be in right standing with the king of all the earth who holds the keys of death and life in his hand. So fear of God also translates to being in awe of who he is. So now, when I am in awe of God, of who he is, when I'm in awe of his greatness, as in how he's big and strong, when I'm in awe of his goodness, then it's impossible for me to encounter a challenging situation and not have an expectation For what God can do in this situation. But when I am. By accident or on purpose. In awe of what Satan has done. I start fearing. But not God. I fear the enemy. I fear fear itself. I fear other things. And the word says you can't serve two masters. At the same time. Um, You'll either love the one. Or tell them they're a bit late. But they can get the tape. Or come. Um, still now, you're never too late, the doors are still open. So for us, to turn from that place of being in awe of brokenness, but let me quickly give you a practical example before I move on. Here's somebody um, talking to me at the workplace, at a bar whatever. So, um, this girl is sleeping with another. Um, she's married. She's sleeping with another married man. She um, is unsafe. She doesn't know Jesus. So the world says this is so good because life is about you and your needs. And as long as you feel happy, you deserve it all. We deserve death, and then God comes in His grace, and we get eternal life. But anyway, so obviously the enemy can't write or create. He just twists the truth. So he's like, um, you know, like you deserve it all. You deserve like to fill your gap for lust and and stuff. So, just be happy. If it makes you happy, then it's good. No, if if it makes me happy to steal your car, it can't suddenly make it good. Okay? So, now, um, next time you're, that's just a tool, quickly for you. Next time you're in a conversation with somebody that says, but if it makes me happy, it can't be wrong. Then you can say, what you know, well, what what will make me happy is give me your keys of the car. You just said it can't be wrong. Okay, isn't God, like, super practical? (laughs) So, um... (laughs) But it is, in Bible school you have like these awesome like apologetics and hermeneutics and stuff that's sort of x, 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 and then they teach you these things. Praise God for Bible school. So now um, I'm in this conversation and a person that doesn't know Jesus and that's in super brokenness is having a conversation with me. And I, um, now you're standing here and they're celebrating it. They said, man, it's like rock and roll. It's like crazy. It's like reminds me of this movie and like this. And they're going into details and celebrating the brokenness because that's what the world does. Now I can either be so overwhelmed with the deception, the lies, the brokenness that's happening to these two families. And out of shock and horror and fear and overwhelmingness and being in awe of the brokenness, slip away for a pipi or, or whatever you can think of to get away from the situation. Or you can stand there and say, God, this is overwhelming, but I need, you know, I need to be in awe of you. Because when I'm in awe of your might and your goodness, this brokenness is smaller than the gap between my fingers when I press them together compared to you. Compared to your might. But God needs to do that in our hearts. God needs to shift that. We need to walk in such a fear of God that we've got this crazy expectation and freedom to minister wherever we go. So when we are in awe of God and brokenness pitched off, you get excited. You're like, what? Somebody's head is sore. Oh, Lord, are they an unbeliever? Because this would be a wonderful opportunity for them to have an encounter with the true and living God. So you guys, God has got this desire to, in and through us, reconcile whatever the situation is with heaven, Because the word says, Jesus said, I'm teaching you how to pray. You must pray. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth in this relationship, in this knee, in this situation as it is in heaven. What's in heaven? Health. Perfection. God's glory. There's love. There's acceptance. So the whole time God wants to do that. So now the enemy is like, flip, I can't keep them from bringing heaven down because Jesus died. Then he rose. Then she said yes to Jesus. And then she's got the Holy Spirit. So I just can't keep them back. So he's like, okay, I I will distract. What if I can get her to be so in awe of the brokenness that on the throne of her life, is no longer the fear of God, no longer being in awe of him. So yes, the word teaches us to flee from darkness. In 1 Thessalonians 5.22, it says, flee from every evil matter. Flee from evil. Yes, it's a practical thing. We must do it. We must flee from brokenness. That's a practical, wise thing to do. But my question is, what is on the throne of your heart? Is it to flee brokenness? Or is it to find the one sheep. Because Jesus says, yes, I look after the 99. He does look after us. He doesn't like you once you get saved. He's like, see you at the end. No. The whole time he needs to, we need healing. High five. Yes. <laughs> this guy's showing me five. I'm like, you don't have to skim for a high five. I give them all the time. <laughs> so I'm gonna pull a Sias. Anybody else gives me five minutes? Anybody that gives me another five minutes? One, two, three, four. Oh, twenty-five. Thanks, guys. So now, <laughs> thanks, Sias. Yes. I'll tell him his joke works here. Yeah? Um, so now the thing is, with God's desire to to through us do this. Um, we need to know the truth, because the truth will set us free. So we were saying, yes, flee flee God, but what's the focus of your heart? And that, the other thing I was saying now, the truth. So let's look at our thought life. You guys, there's a principle, the Bible, everywhere speaks to us about whatever you think. It's what you, Seelkinder, psychiatry says the same thing, that there's life and death in your thoughts. Because there's life and death here, because it's the same thing. It starts here and then it goes there. So you guys, I, I need to urgently tell you, you, we need to keep on checking what's happening in our thought life. Because I was walking in victory with that for quite a while because God healed me of depression. I was on medication um, for four years when God healed me um, I was on three times the dosage when I got healed of when I started. So it's not a, I want like weaned off of it, and then one day said God healed me. Like, God can heal people like that, and he does do that. He does wean some people. But for me, it was a healing that God did in the spirit, emotionally, and in my natural. And one of the keys to my healing was taking every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So then you walk with fervency. And then a few years later, the Holy Spirit goes, "Marie, what's going on there? And I'm like... I'm entertaining accusations, quarrelling, fear, and I'm just allowing the enemy to like dance yeah on my turf. But that's ridiculous. He's been overcome, but God has given us the authority. We need to decide with who will I partner. The enemy, lies, condemnation, or the Holy Spirit that brings life, that brings affirmation, that invites us away from sin through repentance in Jesus. So, you guys, when Jesus won, we, wrote, we sang it earlier. Um, there was one line that says, um, it, it was, but in English, there was a line like that. And I'm like, I mean, that's a good preaching song. Because when Jesus took the battle upon himself, he paid with his life and he rose. And it was Jesus one, Satan zero. That will never change. Yeah, there's an intermediate battle now, but he's coming back and he'll just finish. And, and it'll still be, you null know, one, zero, zero, one. So you guys, the enemy's been overcome. When God said it was finished, he meant it. But now, here for my flesh, there's a fight for me to submit to the enemy instead of the Holy Spirit. So now, sometimes you go, oh, the devil, oh, the Satan. I'm like, yes, oh, the Mariet. Um, Because the Holy Spirit is bigger and more powerful, much more than the enemy. And every time Satan wants me to feel accused and have fear, the Holy Spirit is on the other side going, but I want freedom for you because I paid for you. Why don't you just repent? from entertaining the condemnation and receive the freedom. So you guys, a lot of the time the battle is over here. Will I submit to that which leads to death? Or do I submit to that which leads to life, which bring me, brings me to this point? So check our thoughts, guys. Check it, all, like check it a lot and just say, Holy Spirit, wake me up and teach me to discern. When is the thought mine? When is it the enemy? So I can just chase it away in Jesus' name. And when is it yours? So I can just grow in hearing your voice. So now, community. I'm thinking like you're okay, so we must walk in awe of God so that from that place we will just want to bring heaven down into all our situations. But disappointments happen, life happens. Ah, if only we could like meet now and again, like in together, in small groups during the week, to encourage each other. If only we had WhatsApp and we could encourage one another to keep on being in awe of God. I if only we had time to see each other for a run or a cycle, or a coffee, so we could encourage one another. Wait, we have that, but we get to choose if we want to use it for the kingdom of heaven to come down, or for, nah, 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 Oprah, Shogi, uh, yes, there's a place, um, I'm very good at my wheels coming down, because I'm a 190% eye on the disc test. so believe me, when the wheels of the bus don't go off, they don't go round, they go off, and then I go, ooh, and I contact some of you, and you're like, no, nah, need to pray. I can't do it anymore. And then people pray, and they encourage me, and then, like, God uses the body, and God speaks to me and encourages. But is that the focus of my heart? Because there's a place where we need to start saying, like, God, this is tough, but I want to worship you and be in awe of who you are. Because when I'm in awe of who you are, suddenly the tough thing, there's a perspective, there's a, a perspective that's from heaven. It brings freedom, and the situation didn't change. But you changed because you said yes to the freedom of Jesus Christ, because you said yes to truth. Mm -hmm. So, guys, there is power, or there is religion, in getting together and encouraging one another, and we get to choose which one it is. So, what does it say in the Word? Hebrews 10, 23. "Let Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Amen. Hi. That's what we said. Amen. Hi. Yes. Time. So he who promised is faithful because one of the things God's speaking about tonight is that he's faithful in his promises. Some of you have heard that earlier tonight. And then check this out. And let us consider how to stir up one another for love and good works. Not neglecting coming together as as some do, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. So I'm supposed to be encouraging you and you me like all the more than last year and more than the previous year. So you guys, God wants to, it's good that we have conversations about how does the manual work. We need that. If we don't have the manual, we are lost. If we don't have the word and the, the instructions of the word and the principle and the voice of God in the word, then we are lost. But if we... Talk about those instructions, and a week later our discussion is about the instructions, and a week later our discussions are about the instructions, and a week later our discussions are about the instructions, we are deceived. Because the instructions of the word is for us to go and walk in what God calls us for. So that's why when we come together, then we, I can say in small groups. So, okay, hi. So, Janine, um, you said you want to walk more in praying for sick people. And we said, like, next time somebody's got a headache, you're going to challenge yourself when you're alone with them to ask, Can I pray for your headache? How did it go? Yes, there was this one time, and I got myself to be alone with her, and then I I was overcome with intimidation. I didn't ask. And then I high five and I go, What? Previously, you would never get yourself alone with a person, and this time you did. You go, you good thing, you. Because the word says, the word says, think of ways of how you can encourage one another to walk in love and in good works that God has called you for. So then we go from discussing discussing the instructions to encouraging one another to walking in the, uh, the walking in those. So forever we'll be, be discussing the word, but part of that is just practically how do we do that? So we are not here. I'm gonna we're almost gonna pray now. People are going to get delivered of fear here tonight and also of um, control and manipulation. So good. We're so excited. Thank you, God. So um, so God is calling us to live a life where we walk so in awe of him that wherever we go, we go, whatever the situation or the challenge or the sickness is, our motivation and our eyes on we want to seek the kingdom of heaven and just bring it down. We want our love for people, to show people that God exists. Because the word says, by love for one another, you will, they will know that you are mine. So when we love people, when I love agnostic, when I love atheist, John 13, 35, by this, all people, all except agnostic or people with hard hearts or the new age will know that. No, no, no. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have w- love life for one another. So one of the ways we win people's hearts is to love them. What does that mean? Just practically start serving them. You're going for coffee? Hey, colleagues, like, can I get you a refill? Be interested in them. Don't tell me like, I'm not an evangelist, Mariet Like you said, I'm not going to lead the person to Jesus because I've prayed and they didn't come to me at the office saying I want to do a salvation prayer. <laughs> don't say that to me if you don't know why they were tired on Tuesday. Because... To love somebody, the basic form is to be interested. So if the guy next to you in the coffee station is tired, what I said the one time to do dude was like, teeth. He's like, yes. I'm like, thanks, Holy Spirit. Um, So I could like, so his kids are getting teeth and like the one is struggling with the nappies. That's why he's tired. But now I can ask like tomorrow, how did the next night go? To love somebody is just to be interested in them. So if I, how can I want them to come to me and get a salvation prayer if I couldn't just love them or be interested? So God gives us very practical keys how to just love people. Let's be interested in them and pray for them also. So let's go over to testimonies before we pray. So you guys, um, I already told you that God healed me of depression. It's amazing. So I've had opportunities to pray for people in real life over the phone um, yeah and, and watch them get healed. I mean my, my um, depression testimony was on a radio station once, so I get a phone call from a girl in uh, one, uh, Sussel or, or one of those two and she 's like, Hi, they gave me your number. You have depression i 've just been um, diagnosed with bipolar depression. Yes, um, so you said God healed you. And I said, okay, let's pray over the phone. So um, I prayed for God to heal her, and then I just imparted to her the truth of the Bible, because the word says make disciples. So I got healed from um, depression because God healed me because I got discipled. Uh, Because the taking thoughts captive, that's a basic of discipleship. So I was discipling over the phone in one conversation. I was saying, it's really important that you start to learn what's the enemy, what's the Lord, what's God's voice, and how you do that is you ask, Lord, teach me. And then when those thoughts come, you have to over and over say no and take it captive into the obedience of Jesus. And then I said to her, listen, I got healed because God loved me through his people. You need to slot into a body that bears fruit. So she's like, check, like writing it down, or I don't know, because we were certain things about just following Jesus. And then a while later, I get a phone call. She's like, um, hi, it's so-and-so. You're not going to know who I am. I said, yes, we prayed for your depression. She said, she said, I'm completely healed. I'm slotted into the house of God. So that's what God wants to do, you guys. Um, so um, a while back, my somebody that helps my brother on the farm was in a motorcycle accident, and we were so thankful that he was alive. But he, and So he didn't mind for the fact that his arm could never again go higher than that. Um, And then, because he's married with a kid, so he's just like, this is amazing that it can go to there. So um, I see him somewhere in the farm. The Holy Spirit says, go pray for him. And I go, no, I'm shy. It's going to be awkward. And like, I know the gentleman goes, it's not like... And the second time, the Holy Spirit says, pray for him. I want to heal him. And I just go, um, and then in that moment, Marie, it's just more in awe of intimidation. Oh, in awe, look at you, intimidation. I will just submit unto you instead of the Holy Spirit, because that's what you're doing. And the third time, the Holy Spirit says... It's me speaking to you, and you say your number one desire is to follow me. And I go, I repent. I was deceived now for seven minutes. And I turn around, and I'm like, hi, Jock, can, um, can I pray for you? And he goes, yeah, thanks, man. I'm like, sorry, um, can I pray for you like now? <laughs> okay, very awkward. So he's like... And then there's Jesus, and you know when you're nervous, you go, Father God, Father God, would you just like, Father God, I'm like, I'm like nervous, and I'm like, praying for the shoulder to be healed, amen, and he's like, thanks, and he turns, I'm like, Jock, sorry, now you must tell me what it's like, it's so, okay, and um, can I, and the Holy Spirit says, pray for him again, and I say, Jock, and I'm like, yeah, come on, no, I'm like, you, shaking my name, that's, that's some more deception because if I have died and it's not Christ Jesus who's living in me, do I have a name to throw away? Deception, if you think you're going to wreck your name, you need to repent to Jesus. If you think you're going to shake and throw away your name, you need to repent because whose name are you living for? Come on, guys. It's simple, but it's true. So now the second time I pray for him again and he lifts it up a little higher and the pain is less and he, he gets a little bit shocked and then he's, and I'm like, How's it now? It's Better, that's weird, and I'm like, Can I pray for you one more time? So, the third time, God completely releases his arm, he starts doing this, his eyes are this big, and he goes, It's so freaky, it's so freaky because it's been weeks where he knows he will never lift his arm again because the doctor said so, and he just keeps on going, It's so freaky. And I go, It's so Jesus, it's Jesus, he loves you, he wants to do it to you. So, like, sometimes there's testimonies like, like, Sometimes I pray and it doesn't like happen, and then I go, I'm not gonna stop following your word because. Something disappointing happened and um, two more things and then we're going to pray for the sick. And the one thing is with regards to disappointment. If we do not deal with disappointment the godly way in time, we will backslide and turn away from him. So I had a lacquer dose of disappointment about a year ago. And to my shock, I said, God, how many people have turned away from you permanently because of undealt disappointment? I phone up a couple who I know have been in ministry for 20 to 30 years. I'm like, do a lot of people like to um, turn away from Jesus because I'm very analytical. I want to know the information. Do a lot of people turn away from Jesus because of undealt with um, disappointment? They go, yes. I'm like, okay, Marit, come on, like, let's go for this. And then it went better. And then recently I hit like rock bottom, 10 meters under that. So it went super bad with me. I didn't know what to do. I was praying, I was praying, it's not helping. So praise God for, for Google and for godly community around the world and access to them. So I Google Bill Johnson, disappointment, help me, jesus he amen. <laughs> so, so, um, so I watched this thing. Um, and then God just gently, gently rebukes me through him. And he says, sometimes when we have a lot of disappointments, whether it's against healing or standing in faithful things, in our hearts, we start building a case against Christ. Because you're disappointed in that area, and the whole time the enemy says, see, I told you God's not going to be faithful. So the next disappointment, instead of taking it to God, we're like, I'll put that brick on the previous one. I'm just building my case. And I repent. And I go, God... You are always perfect. This world is broken. One guarantee is disappointment, but another guarantee is that you're always perfect and you're coming back and all the people will be over in seconds. So that's the one thing. There's three things I want to tell you about disappointment today, and that's the one thing. The other thing is with regards to disappointment is that when... You look at disappointment the whole time your eyes are on that. Sometimes you will not see that um, God was faithful in another way than what you expected. So 99 out of 100 times. So we look at something. We're standing in faith for it. And our brain is very small. So we have three options of how it could play out. And not one of the three happens and Satan goes, told you, so unfaithful, just like turn away. like stop, stop trusting. And then God has a million ways of coming around and bringing it. And then he does do it just later or earlier or in a different way. And um, so we need to start choosing to look at the faithfulness instead of the disappointment and taking that disappointment to God. And then the last thing I want to say about that is that at a stage, you also, I had to choose and you have to choose. The disappointment is real. Sometimes it's really real. But then you need to decide, is God God over disappointment? Or is that on the throne of my life? So that's for you, so that you will um, run further and wh- harder for Jesus, no matter what. And the last healing testimony, before we start praying for the sick in the band, can please come up, is, so my, my father was scheduled for a four-time heart bypass, um, so every night before I left um, for work, I would um, anoint him and speak to the arteries in his heart, because he said, we must pray heaven down, so I would say, Ar- arteries open up, as it is in heaven, so it has to be in you, arteries. Open up in the name of Jesus. Lord, give him new arteries. And every night I would anoint and pray, and I'd be like, Daddy, remember now, you're going to get there, and the surgeons are going to go, what, you're healed? Then you go, it's Jesus. Ne? Practice with me. yeah, say, papi, yes. And um, and then he's like, but the operation will go fine. I'm like, no, 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 Daddy. Like, but we were anyway. So, long story short, he went um for the operation, and I'm like, but Lord, but it's okay. And then, um, so this is what happens. It's scheduled for four, and it's like a, a seven or an eight-hour op. So they do, they do the one, they do the second, they do the third. Now, these two doctors, they've done 12,000-plus omelianings, um, bypasses. They know what they're doing. They don't mark arteries to get replaced because it's, uh, it's like the like, um, operation, if it doesn't need to. So number one, number two, number three. So they get to artery number four, and they go, that's strange. It's closed on the... The old picture, but it's open over here. So we'll just stop at three. So I'm like 25% of my prayer because I asked for four, but it's one. I'll take it, Jesus. I'll take it. So God opened up the one artery. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this message from Shafa Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.chauffer.joburg.com.